0: I've been hanging out here in our church courtyard with Davin Barton on Saturday mornings lately to explore with him his interest in baptism and to talk about how all the different stories in the Bible fit together. And we've been using this chart which shows how God's salvation story flows like a beautiful river through the stories of Abraham and Sarah, through the stories of Moses and Miriam and Aaron, through the kings and the prophets, and then culminates in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Two Sundays ago, Our church dipped into this river of salvation through the story of Joseph. Do you remember him? He was the one who was sold into slavery in Egypt by his jealous brothers and then rose to become the second in command to Pharaoh. And Joseph later said to his brothers, You intended all these events for evil. But God used them for good. And today we're dipping back into the river of salvation. Yet again, 400 years later, after a pharaoh comes to power who does not know Joseph or his people. And then ruthlessly enslaves the Jewish people our compassionate God then hears their groaning, remembers the covenant made with Abraham and Sarah long ago, and through a mystical encounter, a burning bush, calls Moses to liberate, God's people from Egypt's racist house of slavery. Jewish lives matter. Moses then leads the Israelites on an exodus out of Egypt, through the parted Red Sea, and toward the promised land. (laughs) It's a journey that should only take two weeks, But it ends up taking 40 years. And here I can't help but think about the pandemic that we're in right now. I mean, at first, didn't we all expect that we'd be out of this pandemic in two weeks? And here we are 29 long weeks later with no end in sight. God's deliverance of the Israelites from their racist oppression becomes the central story of their Jewish faith. And it's what Jews the world around celebrate every year at Passover. And it's what our Lord Jesus was celebrating at his last supper with his disciples. In the Exodus, we see our creator God creating again, creating this time, a new people. God is taking the motley crew of Joseph's descendants and forming them, shaping them, molding them into a contrast community of God's shalom and faithful, steadfast love Who will be a blessing to the whole wide world? God gives them the Ten Commandments and shapes them into a people with a deep thirst for God's ways of justice and right relationship and right living. And most of all, shapes them into a people with a deep thirst for God. But as we learn today, it's a whole lot easier to get the Israelites out of Egypt than to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. Out in the wilderness today, though God faithfully leads the Israelites with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and provides them with daily manna. We find the Israelites today still on the verge of rebellion. Give us water to drink. They cry out to Moses, we're dying, we're dying of thirst. And on the verge of stoning Moses, they scream. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children? In our livestock with thirst. Out in the wilderness, learning to trust and depend upon God daily for the thirst-quenching water that they need is going to take a whole lot of time. Forty years, in fact. And, dear friends, for us living in the inner wilderness of this pandemic time, has learning to trust and depend upon God for what we need, has that been any easier for us? I don't think so. But, friends, though the wilderness may be a place of massive uncertainty and vulnerability. It's also the place where God often comes to quench our deepest thirst in ways that are completely unexpected and life-transforming. This past Saturday when we all gathered together at the cooker farm. Did any of us realize how terribly, terribly thirsty we all were? Thirsty for face-to-face connection and communion. Thirsty for the beauty of worship through music and movement and prayer. Thirsty for fresh glimpses of the kingdom of God, God's realm of justice and peace and joy, joy in the Holy Spirit. Thirsty for the vulnerability, the authenticity that we experienced in those seven who shared about their times of loneliness and anxiety and learning thirsty for the way that God's presence with us is mysteriously deepened and intensified when we gather together as the body of Christ. As many of us have said to each other since then, we left feeling refreshed, like we'd all taken a big, long, thirst-quenching drink. Oh God, my soul thirsts, thirsts, thirsts for you, the psalmist says today, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. We've all been created with a thirst that only God can quench. I think here of the words of Mary Oliver, with this thirst... I am slowly learning. With this thirst, I am slowly learning. Dear friends, what if we all paid more attention to this deep thirst that we all have instead of trying to ignore it or to numb it away as we often do? And friends, what if one of the main purposes of East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church is to be a community where all of our other thirsts are slowly being redirected, reoriented toward God and God's dream for our world? A community where We're all learning, as Jesus says in his Beatitudes, to thirst, to thirst for righteousness, to thirst for justice, and to work together for what is right and good, and to be a blessing to the world around us. May it be so. Amen.